this good, all the things that God's doing among us around the globe, around the nation, you know, from Asbury to, <clears throat> anybody seen the Jesus Revolution movie? Anybody seen it twice like I did? Cried both times, like, God, what is wrong? It's amazing. So good. Um, I caught this article the other day on, it was a, not a Christian, whatever you call it, <clears throat> scroll, but it was just a regular news article, and they'll bring up the title of it. But in the article, the author writes that um, she obviously is a believer, and she's wearing one of these hats that says, he gets us. Do you know about the he gets us campaign? Remember, they showed it during a Super Bowl commercial. They showed one in the first and one in the second half. <clears throat> the plan is to spend, I think, $5 billion over the next few years on promoting just the gospel, no strings attached. Isn't that amazing? It's like, come on. And in this article, this lady said she's wearing this hat, and she's checking in at airlines, and she said the place is packed. <clears throat> tons of people behind her. She steps up and they said, hey, tell me what, what's your hat? What does it mean? And it says, she says to her, I said, Jesus gets you. He sees you whether you're struggling or have anxiety or loneliness or depression, you're not alone. And the lady responded and stopped and said, wow. And she said, I, I think this is a divine appointment. This is the person working for the airline, says it to the lady with the hat. And she says, I feel like you're speaking exactly to me and this is just what I needed to hear. Isn't that awesome? So she just got a chance to witness someone just by that whole ad, you know, he gets us. Isn't it amazing what God is doing around the nation? <clears throat> Come on, uh, hearing about what's happened in Asbury now, I believe it's touched almost every state in our nation and beyond into other nations is what I've heard stories about. Um, just the list of schools is actually pretty crazy. I just heard this morning that uh, University of Valley Forge, which is Valley Forge University now, they said they went on extended. Anybody else hear that? Not, they took they stopped the classes. I don't know for how long they stopped classes and just let this uh, same thing, a, a chapel service continue, prayer and intercession. I thought we're hearing about this everywhere. And I believe like they're tremors of like the beginning of God's movement among us. Would you agree? Isn't this exciting? Come on. I thought, God, this is amazing what God is doing among us. And our own gatherings here have been marked by an increased presence, his increased glory. If you're with me, I'm, we've been here a long time and you're thinking, God, you know, you could get used to it or hard-hearted all the more you want to lean in and say, God, do it again, right? And I feel like God's doing this. So our, this conference we just had uh, that's finished last Saturday, carried into Sunday with Andy Bird here finishing. It's probably one of the best conferences. I didn't check in with our staff, but I think it was one of the best ones we've ever, ever had as far as presence and ministry. Great speakers, but the, just the the presence of God was overwhelming. Um, from Thursday night, Todd White spoke, and he got into this vein talking about the struggles with his daughter and his family. It was as real as Todd could ever be, just saying, hey, man, we're just like anybody else, and you're dealing with issues, you know? And it's so good. Nathan Finocchio, Friday morning, then um, just time after time, late night, Friday night, we kind of close to almost to midnight, there was just extended worship here, and God's just presence was amazing. How many people were here? Were you in the thing? Wasn't it so good? And man, I just loved it. Saturday morning where Charles spoke and, you know, shared some of the stories of ministry, but man, we just prayed for people all over the building. It was like a new ministry time. Like, we're just going to go to people's seats. And I got wrecked. I just kept, start, I couldn't stop crying all morning. I thought, am I having like a midlife meltdown here? And Marcy's like, you okay? I'm like, it's the Holy Spirit. And I'm realizing, I'm hearing all over that it's almost like this crying revival where people are weeping in his presence. And you can't stop weeping. I don't even know why. I mean, I was praying for people like, are you okay? Sorry, man, I'm just going to cry suddenly, you know, <laughs> the ugly cry. And I just, man, I got wrecked. And then, Saturday night when we, when we had the, the under 25 come up, and I know we did it again Sunday, but Saturday night, I, I got lit up. My hands got on fire, and they haven't been on fire since like renewal days. And I was like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> like, I'm losing it. Too tired, fatigued. No, it's the Holy Spirit, you know? And uh, just so much stuff God's doing among us. I love it, don't you? 
And I, I'm just to have a short word to share with you. And I um, want to pray for a specific group of people. So we can do that. Just I'll try to make this short as can. Isaiah 55 says, let's seek the Lord while he may be found. Come on, he can be found right now. Let's call on him while he's near. And he's drawing us near, isn't he? Come on, Song of Solomon 1.4, draw me and I'll run after you. I think we were singing it or praying it this morning. We're running after the Lord and he's drawing us. And I think someone said it at the conference, we believe we're in a pre-revival season. And I haven't ever heard that said before. I'm like, ah, that's it. Maybe he's getting us ready. Do you ever think about that? And how, who knows how long this will last where he's drawing our hearts. So all the more we want to respond, don't you? Come on, he's saying, calling us to come close, get ready now. And I sense this so strongly in my heart since the beginning of February. And this, you know, sounds like a religious word to me because we don't use it much as consecrate yourself. And I continue to hear this in my heart, consecrate yourselves. What does that mean? I mean, it means a whole lot of rituals in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, it's like, offer yourself to me. Surrender yourself to me. You know what I mean? Prepare yourself for me and what I'm going to do. And I thought, oh, there's a lot there. What do I mean? Offer, offer everything you got. You could be in a tough place today, a really bad place today, or a hard place today. Offer them the hurt, offer them the pain. If you're in a really good place, offer them all the good, the success, the, the presence you feel in your life. Just come before and offer yourself to them like never before. Come on, our families, our strength, our successes, our failures, all right? And then prepare our hearts, prepare our lives. Come on, I'm going to dive into this a little bit. Come on, we prepare so much, don't we, every day? Moms prepare more than everybody else. If you have more than one or two children, anybody with me? You prepare all the time. That's, feel, that's all you feel like you're doing, right? But you think of people's jobs. The teacher prepares for her lesson, right? The student prepares to take the test, right? And there, come on. Everybody prepares. Builders prepare to go build and read the, you know, the plans and get the plans ready. And they're preparing for building and constructing. Surgeons prepare for the operation. We prepare all the time. How much more should we prepare for him and his coming and his presence? Are you there? Come on, he's for the great things he wants to do among us. Set ourselves apart, come on, so we can be wholly used by God. Do you remember when Moses died? He, he gives Joshua the leadership and Joshua goes before the Lord and gets his big first marching orders. Then he gets all the people together and he, and he commands them in Joshua chapter three, verse five. And he says, consecrate yourselves, why? For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things or great things among you. Isn't that wild? Why? They're about to enter into a new land. They're about to go into a, a different territory, into an unfamiliar, an unknown place. And maybe that's what God's doing with us today. Like, hey, prepare yourself. I'm taking you in a place you've never been before. Mm, that's exciting, isn't it? I love to go to new places. I don't know about you, right? Come on, and I believe he's leading us. They, they simply consecrate themselves and get before him and do this. And I thought, God, we have to do this. Let's take the time to set ourselves apart, all right? Come on, what do I mean? Get all, any unconfessed sin, get it out of your life. Any issues you got, lay it on the table before the Lord. Come on, let's lay it down. Let's be clean vessels for him to use, all right? Come on, bringing our hearts back to God, to hear him, obey him, do what he's called us to do. Isn't it good? Come on, it's an unknown place. If you watch that movie, Jesus Revolution, when he goes out into the water, uh, uh, What's his name? Greg Laurie. And when he goes out of the water, it was, they caught that part of the whole thing. And when I got saved, because I was like 1980, early 80s, and it was the tail end of the whole Jesus. But I remember just going to meetings, going like, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm supposed to be here. You know, and the Holy Spirit directs you. Did you guys see it? And you know, he gets totally transformed under the water. I thought, ah, oh, this is so good. And I thought, that's what we're, we're entering into a new place. We don't know <laughs> what's happening here. But let's take the time, the things we know to do. Let's read the word. Let's get before him. Let's prayerfully get before him and, and say, God, show me what you're doing. Speak to me clearly so I can be prepared and obey him, all right? 
Why? He's going to do amazing things among us. All right? Come on. We're not, we know it's not ourselves that are going to do these things. It's only God. Come on. Apart from him, we can do nothing. All right? <laughs> With him, all things are possible. The supernatural things, right? Come on. Only God can change our hearts. How many people feel like your heart's been changed just since January? Come on, I just like, I thought, what has happened? Literally, at the end of December, starting in January, I'm like, every meeting we're having this encounter, like with our whole community, but individually. It's so powerful, isn't it? And I mean, in his presence is where we're changed, right? In his presence, there's fullness of joy. There's pleasures forevermore. In his presence, is our hearts are made new, isn't it? Isn't that great? So let's prepare all the more for his presence. Remember in the Old Testament, Second Chronicles chapter 5, Solomon gets the whole temple finished. He furnishes it, and then he brings the ark in. And I love what it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 11. There's this one little line it says. It says, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without regard to divisions. That means they all did it. They sanctified, consecrated, set themselves apart. And then what happens? The house of the Lord was filled with the cloud of his glory. It's pretty awesome. If you read it further, it goes on to say they couldn't stand up to minister. I don't want to stand up if we're not supposed to stand up. Anybody else with me? Let's just stay low, all right? And they simply prepared themselves. They separated, consecrated themselves for the glory before the glory of the Lord fills the place. And I thought, ah, let's do this. Let's prepare for his presence in an overwhelming way, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul's encouraging them. It's the end of this chapter and won't get into the whole thing, but he's encouraging them and says, you can't be bound. Believers can't be with unbelievers, right? He says, what to the temple of God have an agreement with the idols? And he quotes these Old Testament scriptures. And actually, their Old Testament promises, if you look at them in verses 16 and 18, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, we are the temple of the living God. He says, I will dwell in them and I will walk among them and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. So therefore, What's it there for? So come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what's that unclean, and I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord. Then it goes on into chapter 7. You guys familiar with this? Chapter 7, verse 1. Therefore, having all these great promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. There's a lot there, isn't there? Anybody want to skip over that holiness? All right. But there's amazing promises. And because of these great promises, he said, let's get clean and stay clean and live before him. All right? Come on. He said, he'll be a father to us. We'll be sons and daughters to him. And this awesome, this commandment to come out from among them is, and be separate is coupled with the promise. He puts it right together. I'll receive you. I'll be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters. Isn't that amazing? That's like such a good deal. Like, hey, dude, just do what we say here. And it's because of these promises. That's why we want to cleanse ourselves, right? From all defilement, of all the flesh and the spirit. You there? This is too much for you on a Sunday? You're like, wow, Brian, just right there into the word in our face. Okay. It's all right. We'll stay with it a few more minutes, right? But I believe there's a cleansing that God alone is doing in our lives. And he, come on. He does these things when we just come close to him, Right? Come on, I think this is, this is just my thoughts, but there's one aspect where he does the cleansing. Even when we get close to him, he's changing our hearts. And it's, I'm not lightening the first John 1, 9, right? We, if we confess our sins to him, right? He's faithful and just to cleanse us, forgive us of all sins. Man, that was my whole road home for 100 times a day when I first got saved. Now it's less a day, right? <laughs> Come on, he does that. But there's a whole other aspect of cleansing that I think that he looks for us to do and he asks our will to be involved, that we're being intelligent about like, wow, check this out. Ah, you wanna offer that? You wanna get rid of that? I'm not saying we do it apart from the Lord. We do it with the Lord. But there's a part, he says, look, bud. He says, cleanse yourselves. You have to get before the Lord and be honest about some things. Are you there? Come on. Then he breaks it down even between flesh and spirit. Talks about the fleshly sins, which we're well aware of. Galatians chapter five. You can talk about the sins of the flesh, which are obvious. 
He says, nah, nah, deal with this. But then he goes on further and says, the, the filthiness of the spirits. And I'm like, oh, that's another level, isn't it? <laughs> that's the jealousy and the pride and the bitterness and the self-righteousness and the self-whatever, <laughs> promotion, all that kind of stuff. And I think these are a lot worse to deal with than the sins of the flesh. If maybe you agree, I don't know. It's harder for me, like, I'm okay. I'm all right. What about that? I'm all right. And you try to ignore the Holy Spirit. Anybody done that? You don't, you lose the battle every time, right? Surrender, okay? But he says, consecrate ourselves to the purposes of his great promises. Isn't that good? Come on. To have having this different level of relationship. You can be a friend. I'd rather be a son, wouldn't you? Isn't that better? Come on, our daughter. You're going to be that person. That's a lot closer relationship. And the miraculous things he'll do among us. Last part of that, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting means to what? To finish, to complete, right? And holiness is the whole separation from all that would be defile us. All right, and complete or perfect holiness is only found in who? Jesus, right? In Christ, that's why we're singing it. In you is all I need. Right, let's just live there, right? Come on, we keep pursuing him. You say, okay, is it okay about this? Come on, just feel like there's a word for a moment. Hebrews chapter 11, a few more scriptures, I'm almost done. There's this huge list of people that, that got all, all these amazing things by faith. They did it. It goes on and on and on. It's the hall of faith, right? People are sown in, you know, sawn in half and the Red Sea parted and the walls of Jericho came down and all kinds of crazy things happened. Sh shut the mouths of lions and, man, all kinds of things. And verse 38, it says this little line, it says that the, wor that the world was not worthy of. Isn't that awesome? Like, just puts it in there in parentheses in my Bible. Like, Really? And then he goes on to chapter 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, because of all the stuff he just said, we have so great a cloud of witness surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance. It's new, new American Standard, old version. And our weight and the sin which so easily entangles us. Do you know certain things entangle you easily? Come on, are you aware of those things? Anybody else besides me? Like, nope, don't let that entangle me. I'm aware of it now. And let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Isn't that good? Man, just looking at this, these are not witnesses witnessing our lives, which we think they're all shining us on. I think they are clapping, but they're witnesses and spectators from an earlier race, right? They witnessed the power of God in operation all over the place. And that's what Hebrews talks about, all right? And they lived and did amazing things by faith. And they testified to the power of God in, in, in God's promises that he would do in their lives. Isn't that good? He goes on further, says, lay aside. What does the word lay aside literally means to take off a garment. Take something off, all right? It's speaking of the, the Greek athlete in games. We're to put aside anything that hinders our walk. Isn't that awesome? Come on, and we have to do it just by faith the way they did it. A weight, there's an encumbrance. It's really talking about a bulk or a mass, carrying something you don't want to carry when you're in a race. Come on, you never saw someone running a, a, a marathon with a fur coat on, right? They don't do that. You don't run a bike race with ski pants and ski boots, right? You get that stuff off, you run with the appropriate thing. Actually, the runners in the, in the early days ran almost naked, right? Anybody know that? It's a true story. They ran with nothing because they wanted to run unhindered. I thought, wow, so there's some stuff that's just not supposed to be in our lives, and it's not even a sin. It's not even bad. These are innocent things that God say, hey, you know what? This is taking up space. Anybody felt that lately? Come on, the last few months I've been pressed, like, lay it aside, bud. But, but it's my whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be Instagram. You might want to take a break. I just scroll till I go to sleep at night. Well, shut up. Get over it. Do something else. Dear Lord, scroll the scriptures. Why don't you scroll that? Sorry, just, <laughs> I don't know why I'm on that. Whatever. Because I see people at 1225, they go like, okay, is this guy done preaching yet? No, seriously. <laughs> just joking. Not today. All right. But harmless or innocent things. Dot and there. Now, now they're going like, no, no, keep my phone down. <laughs> just kidding. 
<laughs> but innocent things, stuff that just takes up space in your life. Do you remember Andy Bird talking about the CDs he put in the fire? Was that on Saturday or Sunday? I can't remember. One of the times he talked about, it. he got home and he put all the CDs and just burned them up. And I remember having crates of albums when I was in college, like, this is my whatever, you know? You had to carry them around. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to listen to Pink Floyd. It just doesn't work anymore. I'm sorry, you know? <laughs> Come on, whatever. Being numb, whatever, comfortably numb, wasn't, doesn't work for me. I want to be, I want to feel everything, all right? Okay? Sorry for Pink Floyd fans, right? But it's just like, those things didn't work for me. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Legitimate things. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't want it to be an idol in my life that has space between me and, the, me and God. Hey, there. Come on, man. Search your heart. Say, God, what are you showing me? Whatever it would be. I, I remember a few years ago, so I was telling someone, the guy came to me and he was struggling. Like, I want to get involved in youth, but I can't. I'm like, why not? Well, I've got any whatever club. But it was bowling to him at that time. I bowl a couple times a week. And I'm in this, you know, that would put me out every night of the week. I'm like, wow, bud, whatever you want to do. But Holy Spirit might be talking to you, you know? <laughs> bowling or the presence of God. I don't think it's an option. Really? Really? One's eternal. One is right. Okay, you make it up. <laughs> Come on. There's things more important than making money or your retirement portfolio or your career. I know I'm saying those things and I have kids going like, I don't know what I'm going to do. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Isn't that great in the movie? Do you guys remember that? Anyhow, Greg Laurie becomes his wife. His parent, her parents are not really happy. Like, what's your plan? He doesn't have a plan. He's like, I don't know. I'm just following the Holy Spirit. I remember those conversations with my parent, my dad. <laughs> right? But we don't want anything to interfere. Do you know what I mean? With our spiritual growth and our walk with the Lord. Right there. Come on, there's a lot of good things. There's a lot of great things. But then I call them the God things, and those are the ones I want to be doing. Right? That's what I'm going to give my time to, all right? But I believe we're entered into a season where God is releasing his fire, and he's burning away the things that don't matter, all right? Old Testament talks about the refiner's fire and, you know, burning away the dross, the things that just don't matter. They don't, they're not going to make it through, okay? <laughs> or or the, the purifying fire talks about in Titus or the, the all-consuming fire in Hebrews. And, man, those are real things, all right? And God, I believe he's come and consume our lives. He wants it all. He wants our whole heart, right? Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He's talking about your whole thing, right? The whole deal, right? Burning away everything else, all right? So we're going to do something here this morning. I got these words from just a specific group of people, and it's 1224. We have time. I just want everyone to stand up, and I want to invite all the men to come forward. There's a lot more I could talk about, but I just felt like we're supposed to have less talking and more ministry time in this season, if that's okay. So I want to invite all the men to come forward, and I ask a few of our the pastors on the team to pray, but I also need all the guys on the team to pray for people among us. So come on, guys, come all the way up. You're going to need some space here. Come on, get up close. Come on, get up close. There's tons of guys coming in the ring. Fill all the way out to the sides if you need to, but just take a moment, close your eyes. Come on, these three words, compromise and coast and drift. Just keep coming up in my heart. Compromise is one of those things where it's okay. You hear in your heart, it's okay. Everybody else is doing it. It's okay. It's cultural. It's okay. You know, it's normal in our society, but it, maybe it's not okay what he's telling you. All right, and just in the context of consecrating ourselves, that's what I just felt like the men today were supposed to present ourselves and say, God, take my heart. The other word is coast. It's so easy to coast when you feel like you've had a success in your life. Maybe you're a successful businessman at young age or young, you know, 30s, 40s, you're like, you've crushed it. And there's a tendency to coast. Even after a conference like we had, man, I tend to tend to guys on the team, well, we're just going to coast for a little bit. It doesn't work. Coasting is one of the places where you get crushed. Okay. In the Bible, David got crushed when he coasted after some of his wins. If you look at it, it's scary. So don't coast. Drifting is another one. Don't let your heart drift from your first love. He is our first love. 
If he's not, make him your first love today. Say, God, I want you to be my first love. Okay, come on. This is really good, isn't it? We don't want to be lukewarm. We just want to wash that off the men of God in this house at the beginning. We're still in the first quarter of 2023. Come on, if we're lukewarm, he spits us out. He'd rather have us be hot or cold. All right? And just take a moment, close your eyes. I'd ask a few of the guys, John and Chandi, if Dylan's around, Matt, whoever else wants to, I needed some of the other guys to come up and pray. Grab some mics up there. Come on, Psalm 19, let the words of my mouth, the meditation, just present yourself to them. If you, can, if you have your hands, just set your hands out in front of them. God, I'm just presenting myself to you right now. Or maybe put your hand on your heart, whatever you want to do. God, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be pleasing in your sight. God, keep us from willful sin when we know that we know what we're doing, God. Holy Spirit, I pray right now. It's going to read Romans 12, verse 1, from the message. David Moore read it earlier. So here's what I want you to do. This is the scripture. God helps you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. God, I pray that you bring out the best out of each and every one of these men. Develop well-formed maturity in each of these guys. Some of you guys want to lay things down this morning like I talked about, lay them down. Some of you guys have carried stuff around that you know the Holy Spirit's been nudging you to lay, lay aside like taking off a garment. Lay it aside right here, right now. Some of you men want to confess stuff and confess and get clean before the Lord. It's the best time to do it. Everyone, I pray that you would say, not my will, but your will be done. Honest with you, I struggled with that scripture for a long time because it felt like you're being emasculated and you're not. It's the most powerful thing you can do is say, God, not my will, but your will be done in my life. So Father, we pray that for every man right here this morning, that God, your will be done in their lives. Jesus' name band's going to start to sing and the other guy's going to pray. We just want to pray for everyone. So just stay in that place we're receiving right now. So Father, we confess and believe that revival starts right here in our Come personal on. house in our, inside of us. Every decision we make, we know we can't do this without you, so we confess we need you. Come on, confess that. We need you, Father. We need you in every small decision. Come on. Father, I believe that this is, this this righteousness is contagious. Just like as we let sin in, it germinates and ruins our lives. As we allow and intentionally accept righteousness into our life, it reforms our lives. We believe that. And God, we cry out for the, a harvest of righteousness. For every right decision, it would starve the old man, starve the things that take us away from you, and we would feed into the things that draws in ourselves into your life. The simplicity, the purity, the strength, God, from that decision, God, we pray our lives would be strengthened, more simplified, and more profound. We cry out and ask this. God, we ask for your help in every decision. We give ourselves to you. Like Brian said, let your kingdom come to my life. Let it come to my life in every decision I make, in the words I speak, in the thoughts I think, in the way I conduct my life, God. We cry out, make us authentic, make us yours. Thank you, Lord. 
say, cleanse us and we will be clean, Lord. If you cleanse us, then we will be clean, God. We, we rebuke every lie of the enemy that says that we're walking around with baggage or whatever, or, or the, the stickiness of sin. We just thank you that your blood is, is more powerful than, than the sin, God, that you wash us and you make us clean. And so, Lord, I pray for the boldness that comes from that righteousness. God, we pray for a release of the boldness that comes from walking in the cleansing that comes from your blood. In Jesus' name, when we come to you, we say that you are bigger than our weakness. It's actually in our weakness where your strength is made perfect. And so, Father, we offer our weaknesses. We offer our shortcomings. We lay them all down before you. We don't try to hold on to them and feel like somehow we're gonna make it work out on our own. No, you're bigger than us, God. You are bigger than us. And so, Lord, we submit, we submit, God, to your strength. We submit, God, to your leading. We submit to your cleansing, your righteousness that makes us bold in Jesus' name. We thank you, God. And I thank you, Lord, for, from that place of cleanness before you, God, that there would be contact with you, that we would have closeness with you. We would have intimacy with you, where we have grace that empowers that freedom on a day-to-day -day level, God, that day-to-day -day we walk in power and freedom because we have contact with our Father. We have contact with our provider. We have contact with our righteousness. We have contact with Him who is our hope. Thank you, Lord, for contact, contact, contact. Father, we thank you for this beautiful, holy moment of consecration. God, we present all that we are to you. Everything that we represent as men, our families, our children, our spouses, our businesses, our work, our dreams and our desires, our future, the longings of our heart, we present it all to you. And we say, God, come, come and come. Saturate all that we are, saturate our hearts in you. We enter into that, that place as priests. This consecration is not just of the flesh away from sin. It's a consecration to say, God, here I am as your son. Here I am as a priest of God. Here I am as a chosen royal priesthood stepping into to wear that garment as a priest. So if there's anyone here, I just feel if you've had, if there's been fear of the supernatural, I just break that off of you right now in Jesus' name. If there's been an apprehension of that spiritual space as a priest of your of your own life and of your of your own household, I just break that off of you right now and invite you into as a son in Jesus' name to that spiritual inheritance. Let him put that beautiful robe over you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just hear this phrase, level up, level up, level up, level up, level up. It's time, no matter what level you are now, it's time to level up. Level up at home, level up in your car, level up at work, level up in your thoughts, level up in your hearts. Come on, just say, I'm going to the next level. I'm going to the next level. I'm going, I'm leaving, I'm shaking everything that is hind that hinders me. We're shaking it, come on. Shake it off of you. Shake it off of you. Don't even give another moment. Shake it off of you. And just say, level up. Level up, level up. We're going to the next level. Come on.
shake off apathy. We shake off complacency as men of God. We shake it off and we awaken God inside of us. We stir ourselves in our faith with you, God. We stir ourselves in you. We shake off apathy. We shake off complacency. Jesus. just connect to each other on campus is a hand on our shoulder or a link or whatever nothing weird you know that so look our decisions are singular and they're to make these decisions within ourselves but they are not they have an effect and just to say as we connect to one another we are not alone rob was saying that to me first thing he said john we got to connect you're not alone you got to tell yourself that you will have alone moments but you're not alone do you understand and those alone moments are designed by God because you've got to make your own decision. But it connects to every man. Every decision you make encourages the body of Christ. Our great Father, we realize in our alone moments, our times to make these decisions, we're not alone. God, in every decision we make, it affects our families, our marriages, our friends, our workplace, even our enemies, God, it does. And we think that way, we realize it. It counts, our decisions count. And our turning toward you counts in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, God. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you, God. Thank you. Give a shout. Yeah! Woo. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Come on, let's lift our hands. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here today. Come on, God, we pray you bless every person in this room would be filled and, God, refreshed in you, God. God, we pray for open visions. Come on, God, we pray for the days ahead. You're preparing our lives for the great things you're gonna do among us, God. We thank you for that, Lord. God, we pray you're exalted in all of it, God. But any man, any organization, any church, God, you're the biggest thing, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. May the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine on you. Have a great week. If you have children, grab a hold of them. Thanks, guys.